0: your attention now to psalm 100 psalm 100 and as you open your bible we will meditate this evening on the topic of the joy of adoring god the joy of adoring god psalm 100 Listen to the word of our Lord. A psalm for giving thanks. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us. And we are His. We are His people. If you hear someone saying to you this, life is short, then let us make the most of it. Probably you would never think that that person is inviting you to come to church. But I think based on this Psalm 100, that's exactly where we should be. Not because life is short, but because we have eternity. This life and the next to have joy and pleasure forevermore. And I think we will learn this the joy of adoring God. First, with the climax of joy. Heal Psalm 100 will teach us the joy of adoring God. By focusing the climax. Focusing on the climax of joy. This Psalm 100, you can read it from top to bottom. That's a normal way, that's the right way to read it. But this evening, I want you to read it with me in a parallel fashion. Comparing one verse with another. In a parallel way. Because this psalm has seven commands or seven imperatives. Three of those commands you'll find in verses 1 and 2. And three others you'll find in verse 4. And then the last one, the seventh command, you'll find in verse 3. But the three imperatives in verses 1 and 2 are parallel with the imperatives that you find in verse 4. And I want you to read with me and see the inference that I think the psalmist draws from these parallels. If you go with me to verse 2, part B of the psalm, it says this, Come into His presence with singing or with joy. Come, enter... It's another way to translate the, the verb come. Come into his presence with joy. That's another way also to translate singing. That's the same verb that you find in verse the same verb that you'll find in verse 4, part A. Enter. It's the same verb for come in verse 2 part B. It says in verse 4, enter his gates. You see the same thing? Coming into His presence, it's the same thing, to enter His gates. And now He will we'll give an understanding of how we can come into His presence with joy. It says in verse 4, enter His gates with thanksgiving. What you feel inside of joy, of delight in the Lord, in being in His presence, you put it out in thanksgiving. What you are feeling in your heart, you express it in a way that shows that you are thankful to Him. But there is another parallel with the other imperatives. If you go to verse 2, part A, it says this, Serve the Lord with gladness. Again, see the emphasis on joy? Again, you have to serve Him with gladness. And then, the imperative in verse 4, part B, will explain this further when He says, And give thanks to Him. So how do you express your gladness before your God? Again, the same thing. You put it out. You speak it out. You praise it out, speaking and saying, thank you. What you have inside has to come out, to go out in praise and thanksgiving to your Lord. What you feel inside, you speak it out. That's the same emphasis that you see in verse 1 now, Another imperative with another command. Verse 1 says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. The same emphasis now with joy again. Make a joyful noise, all the earth. And then the parallel is found in verse 4, part C, that says, bless His name. Probably here's one of the best, I think, definition of preaching is when you are so excited what you found in the the pages of Scripture, you find so much joy, you cannot keep it in yourself. You don't contain yourself. You have to speak it out in preaching and praise and bless His name by proclaiming who He is in preaching. That's what you find here, praising the Lord. What you feel inside, the joy and the gladness and the delight and the pleasure, that must go out in praises, in thanksgiving, in singing, in blessing His name. So with that in mind, can you answer the question, what is the climax of joy here then? What is the the apex of joy here in this psalm? Well, it's very clear. The apex and the climax of what you feel inside, the joy and the pleasure, is praise. Praise is the apex of joy. And that's just so natural, isn't it? It is. It's common life. Whatever you enjoy, whatever you delight in, whatever you find gladness with, you end spontaneously speak it out in praise. It is with your best sports, your athletes, your artists, or anything that you like and you enjoy, you don't keep in yourself, you speak it out that's exactly how it works with our God. When we have joy in our God that will come out as a praise to him. Well let me quote here C.S. Lewis when, uh, in his book Reflection on the Psalms he explained this uh, very well. He said I had never noticed that all enjoyment It spontaneously overflows into praise. The world rings with praise. Lovers praising their mistresses. Readers their favorite poet. Walkers praising the countryside. Players praising her favorite game. And then he says this. I think we delight to praise what we enjoy. Because the praise. And now he's very important. Because the praise not merely expresses, but completes the enjoyment. And this is so true in daily lives, life, isn't it? The enjoyment that you are feeling inside is incomplete until you express it in praise. I think this is very insightful. And I think it's right there in Psalm 100. It is its appointed consummation. Praise is the appointed consummation of our joy. The delight is incomplete until it is expressed. And that's what you find here. And God is calling all the earth, all creation, all humans... Everyone, he's calling all of us, every human being, to adore their Lord with gladness. Now, stop and think about this as a way of application for me and for your life. Why is it? Why do you have to uh, to adore and worship the, our God? Do you think He's calling all the earth because God needs worship? No, God doesn't need worship. He deserves it because He is God. But He doesn't need it. And why is He calling us to worship Him? Well, among other reasons, I think one reason is because of you and me. We need to worship Him. We need to adore Him. We need to praise Him as human beings. And for that reason, to find joy in Him. You know why? You know why He's calling everyone to worship Him? Because you and I cannot live without joy. You hear me? You and I, we cannot live without joy. If you find anyone or anybody that says this to you, I cannot find that joy anywhere. I don't like anything. I don't find pleasure on anything in this world. And no one likes me. That person is in danger. Because you and I cannot live without joy. And for that reason, we cannot live without worship either. And I think one of the problems that we have as Christians is that we confess that we adore God, that we have joy in God. But in reality, that's not true. That's a type of practical atheism, not having joy in God. If the apex of joy is praise, the opposite is always is, is also true. If we don't see ourselves praising God, because the praise is the overflow of our joy in God, that shows that we don't have delight in the God that saved us. And here the psalm is calling us, all of us. There is no such joy joy like this one. Where we find pleasure in the one who is incomparable. But then, now, the joy of adoring God, you find this not only with the climax of joy, but also the cornerstone of joy. That's the last point that we'll deal with here. The cornerstone of joy. Not only the climax of joy, but also now the cornerstone of joy. And here you see another parallel in the text. That's the last imperative, the last command of the psalm in verse 3. In verse 3, it says this, Know that the Lord, He is God. And then in verse 5, He will give us three attributes of who God is. You see the parallel? Verse 3, know the Lord, that He is God. And then in verse 5, the parallel is, He will give us three attributes, that He is good. That he he has steadfast love and he is trustworthy. But here you find the cornerstone of our joy. The foundation of our joy. The source of all joy that you can find in the world. It's right here. Right here in the text. In verse 3. And let's go by each information that you find in verse 3 which is the cornerstone and the foundation of the joy in God. It says this, Know that the Lord, He is God. What is the foundation? The knowledge of God. Theology is the cornerstone of joy. Not a dry knowledge. Not a only intellectual knowledge grasp of who God is but it's an affection experiential truly genuine knowledge not about God but of God experientially and the first thing that the psalmist says here is that God the Lord is God when I read this isn't it obvious yes of course Yahweh, Jehovah is God. It's all throughout the biblical text. Why he saying such a thing so obvious? Well, for many reasons, but let me give you at least one or two. That knowing that the Lord is God is foundational for our joy in adoring him because of this one of the ways that you have to think is that the more you value the object of your worship the more intense is the enjoyment that you feel let me repeat this the more value of the object of your worship is the more intense is the enjoyment that you feel. Let me explain this in a daily life. I have delight in playing with a dog. I really like dogs. It's pretty cool. I have joy in playing with them and be with them because I value them. I see some value in the dog. But when I compare that truth with my kids... There's nothing to compare with. I, have find, I find more joy with my children than with the dogs. Do you know why? Because I value my children much, much more than an animal. Well, if that is true, if that reality is true, and I think it is, imagine with the most valuable person of the universe, God Him self so the more the more the value that you have of the one you are worshiping the more intense will be your joy and then exactly what you have here i think is a definition of what heaven is all about heaven will be the place where we'll find the most joy in the world because we are worshipping the most valuable person of the universe the more we worship him the more enjoyment we will have And we imagine that with perfect worship without sin without transgression without sinful mind that's exactly what heaven will be pleasure and delight by worshiping the most valuable person of the universe to eternity. That's why it says the Lord is God. And that's the basis of having joy in Him by praising Him. But it says more because it says the Lord is God and if we let the New Testament, to shed light here in Psalm 100 and I think Psalm 100 is, is more fitting for us, the New Testament Christians, than the original people of this song when they were singing. Because in the New Testament you see the, the word Jehovah is applied to God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And in baptism you see this truth, don't you? That in the Trinity, you have the supreme value where God the Father sees the Son in his baptism and says, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. I have joy, infinite joy. And then comes the Holy Spirit upon the Son. And that's what you have in the Trinity. The Father loving the Son, and the Son loving the Spirit, and the Spirit loving the Father and the Son, and all together having a delight and pleasure in each other. And that overflows into His creation and into His church. That's the basis. We worship a joyful God, we worship a God who has pleasure. We worship a God who has delight in himself. What a truth. And that's the basis for us Christians to imitate and copy with the same emotion. But the text says also that the Lord is creator. It says this. Know also that He, it is he who made us. And we are his. That he is the creator. Do you know why this is so important? I think it is. Because when I read this text, commanding me to have joy in God. It's kind of a weird thing, don't you think? How can God command emotion in me? Am I not passive to the emotions that I feel? It's something that happens to me. It's not something, something, at least what I think, It's nothing that I control or produce by myself. It's just something that happens. How can God give me a command to have joy? To praise Him with joy? Well, that would make sense if you believe that He is your maker. Because He created you not only with physical parts with material parts, but He made you with your feelings as well, with your emotions as well. And the way that He can make us to obey this command is that He produces what He commands by His imperatives. Isn't it the the way that He did in creation? How did He create light? He said, Let it be light. And there was light. And that is exactly how He works in us, in our emotions. It is through command, through imperatives that you are hearing and listening right now, is the way that the Holy Spirit comes and produces joy in us. But there's something else. That shows that the cornerstone of joy is this knowledge of who God is, the Creator. Is that He created everything for us to delight in? He created the world with pleasure, with delight, with joy. Have you thought about the fact that God created food with flavor, with taste. It could create a food with, like water, that you don't taste it. Right? But he created food so that we can we can delight, taste it, have pleasure. Oh, so much I, I miss the foods from my own country that I haven't eaten for a long time. When we eat that dish, that food's so good. Isn't it? Isn't it good? Because he created things for us to enjoy, to have pleasure. That's what he did in paradise. He created Adam and Eve. And he gave them the ability to taste with their tongues, to smell, and to have pleasure. And he says, you can eat every fruit of the garden, of every tree except one. So God is a God of pleasure, of joy for you. To have fun. To have joy in this world. To have delight. Yes, He created you like that. But because of our sinful hearts, there's a problem. Because the joy in creation that He produced is like symbols or signs pointing to the ultimate joy. The joy that you have in food. The joy that you have in entertainment. The joy that you have in your children. The joy that you have in your family. The joy that you have traveling trip, with trips. The joy that you have with your spouse. Everything that we enjoy here in created world are just signs for the ultimate joy they are only pointing to the creator of joy but our problems you and I adults and children is that because of our sinful minds we confuse the sign with the ultimate joy where that sign points We exchange the creator for created things because we deceive ourselves that we will have the ultimate joy in this world. But they are just signs. Let me read again C.S. Lewis because English is not my first language. He will say better than me. Listen to this. This is so true. He says this in his book, Weight of Glory. The books or the music in which we thought the beauty and the pleasure were located will betray us if we trust, if we trust to them. It was not in them and only came through them. Do you see? It was not in them, it came through them. And what came through them was longing. Desire. If they are mistaken for the thing itself, they turn into dumb idols, breaking the hearts of their worshippers. For they are not the thing itself. And now he will say so beautifully, he says this, they are only the scent, the smell of a flower we have not found. They are just the echo of a tune we have not heard. They are just news from a country we have never yet visited. And I believe many of our depressions, many of our pains, many of our insomnia, many of our tears and pain. And desperation is because we are confusing one with another. Many times. Not say it's the only reason. I can be one of them, or maybe the main of them. Oh, don't confuse them. The Lord is Creator of the joy that you enjoy now, and those things are just. Because the delight in the Lord outshines all other pleasure. The joy in the Lord surpasses all other joy. And that's a calling for you and for me. For you adults, for you children, for you young people. Wake up! Wake up! Christianity, it's all about joy and pleasure and delight. Isn't that what you read in Psalm 16? Psalm 16. In his right hand, we find what? Delight forevermore. And we are caught up with the illusion that the joy is only here. No, there are just channels and windows to the truly ultimate your god but he continues he says not only that the lord is god that he is our creator that we should know also in knowing that this is the cornerstone of our joy that we are god's people he says this see know that the lord is god that is he who made us and we are his we are his people and the sheep of his Pastor, we are God's people. Know that we are his people. And he is talking about the language of covenant relationship, the relationship that we have with God. And I think this is unparalleled. It's for you and me truly worship this God because we feel pleasure for what He has done for us. We are sinful people, we are not loving people, we are not winsome. We were not worthy of his love. On the contrary, it's the opposite. But he came in a pact, in covenant, and loved us until the end through his son on that cross. And when I was studying, I I don't know why I didn't pick this up before, But recently I found out that covenant made between human beings and a God is only found in the God of Scripture. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I thought that concept was well known between all other people in the world at the time of the Bible. With the Philistines and all other people, they had a covenant, their God had a covenant with them. But that was not true. Only human kings had covenants with their people. It is only in the God of the Bible, Jehovah, that you find exclusivity about covenant between a God and human beings. Isn't it amazing? To have a God who loved us so much that he has the audacity to come in a relationship with sinners like us. That's why this is a fuel It is gas to have joy in him, relationship with him, to have pleasure and delight with him. Covenant relationship is feel for happiness in God. And then with each other, to call one another to have pleasure in our God. Because when we feel pleasure in something we call others to participate with us and here is the language of covenant we, have, we, are, we are in covenant with our God and with each other fellowship with each other why because we feel the same truth in our hearts towards our God that's why we are together right now that's why we are praising him together every Sunday because that's exactly what we do when we feel joy about something we call others to participate with us isn't it true yes when I, I find something funny, a joke I don't laugh by myself sometimes I do but, some, but many times I call my wife and my kids Let, let's have a laugh together that's exactly what we do we call each other and we laugh together isn't that what we do with sports? It is. It is with sports. We cheer for our team together. Well, I come from Brazil. I love World Cup, right? If the Brazil is uh, playing with some other team in the World Cup, and Brazil scores, and I see someone like this, for sure that guy is from Argentina. For sure. Because we will be together crying out, cheering and screaming and hugging each other. Because we share the enjoyment together. And that's exactly what you find here as His people together. We find admiration with each other about our God. again... Let me call C.S. Lewis because he's good again here. I had not noticed either that just as men spontaneously praise whatever they value, so they spontaneously urge us to join them in praising it. Isn't that she lovely? Wasn't it glorious? Don't you think that magnificent? The psalmist is telling everyone to praise God are doing what all men do when they speak of what they care about just happened with this uh, not too long ago with my kid he was having uh, a chicken that my wife cooked and he enjoyed so much that he could not keep himself he had to call us isn't that good dad isn't this chicken good oh so good that's exactly what you have you find here as we are his people and we together we invite the whole world to come. All the earth. That's what the psalmist is doing here. All the earth come to worship this God. How, tell me, how can you say that you are his people and not call the whole world to worship with you this amazing God? Because there is no one like him. He is unparalleled, he is matchless. He is incomparable God. In evangelism. In calling others. In all the earth. To come to worship this God. Is not only our responsibility. We get to. It's our pleasure. It's our joy to do so. And that's exactly what you find here. But Then you'll find now the last information in verse 3 with verse 5 that we'll end the sermon. That God is the the cornerstone of joy. The climax of joy is praise. And what is the cornerstone of joy? The knowledge of God. That He is God. That He is Creator. That uh, we are His people. And lastly, that the Lord is our shepherd. It says there, it says there so clearly. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Maybe you came this evening and maybe you were asking yourself, what in the world is this preacher preaching about joy in this time? At this time in the world? After two years of pandemic? Nations at war? Inflation? We don't know about the future? We are in the blink or probably or maybe, maybe a World War Three? And you don't know my life. You don't know what I'm going through. To have joy at this moment? When my life is falling apart? How come? How can you say such a thing? To have joy? Well, if you are reading through the psalm, through the psalter, and we're reading from Psalm 1, for you to get here on Psalm 100 you had read Psalm 23 and in Psalm 23 you see David says this even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil why? why? Why is that the case, David? Why will you not fear evil? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know what? I don't know about you, but me, I have the tendency to cope with suffering, to cope with my pain, is to have a good laugh to find something funny and try to comfort myself with something that will bring me joy at that moment. To have a break of the suffering, of the problems, of the value of the shadow of death. is to find a bit of joy in this world. Otherwise I cannot live. Did you know that comedy and tragedy are so close? There is a thin, very thin line between comedy and tragedy. Maybe you see people smiling, people well in social media, Instagram, and everything so well. But deep inside, right there in their hearts, there's a hole. There's sadness. There's something that they are trying to keep inside, not let it out. They are trying to heal it. They are trying to to cope with it. And it's just like fig leaves. They are trying to hide and it cannot work. Do you know Robin Williams made everyone laugh with his movies? But he was dying inside, even though he was making everybody laugh. But the Bible is so honest, it gets into our face. And with the Psalms, it's so beautiful. Because we have a shepherd like no one. We have a shepherd that is incomparable. We have a shepherd that the valley is not a valley of death. is a valley of shadow of death. It's a shadowy death. You know, children, when you see a shadow, you know there is something else, don't you? When you see a shadow, what do you see? What, what do you know? There is a light coming. There is a light somewhere. And this shepherd, this shepherd that will not abandon us, will never forsake us, is because he went to that cross and experienced nightmare, the worst pain of all for us, so that we would be certain that even though we're going through the valley of shadow of death, the shadowy death, we will be with Him forever. Where someday He will wipe out the tears of our eyes. No matter what happens. That He is working through us in our lives, shaping us, refining us, strengthening our faith in the promises of the gospel because He was abandoned on that cross so that you and I God will never forsake us. What a God. What a shepherd. What a God we have. And that is why when we go through this suffering, we don't use fig leaves. We don't try to mask and to deceive ourselves. We are honest with the problem. Such honest that we can sing just like the psalmist where they lament Because the basis for joy in lament is our shepherd. They sing, they lament. They they praise their pains. Crying out, oh Lord, my Lord, how long, oh Lord, why? Why is this happening to me? They sing their tears. They pray their laments. Pouring out their suffering and depending on, On the one who made a pact with them and be with them forever, no matter what. And so even in the midst of suffering, they can find a channel of joy. Yes, the gospel is the reason why we can have joy of adoring God. Because in verse 5, you see the three attributes there? verse 5 for the lord is good his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness all generation those three attributes you find in exodus 333 and 34 where moses is asking god to be with them do not let us go without you come tabernacle with us do not let us go without you o lord our identity who we are are distinguished from all other nations because you live with us. And then he asked God, show me your glory. And God says, I cannot show my, my glory because everyone who sees my face dies. But I will show you, here's the link with Psalm 100. I will show you all my goodness. How much, how much I am good. And then he will show his glory through his goodness. And then chapter 34, the glory of God is shown on his back. He protected Moses, does not show his face but his back. Moses sees it. And then the Lord verbalizes his glory. He speaks it out, his glory. And one of them is this, I am steadfast love. I am a covenant love God and I'm trustworthy I'm faithful for all generations and beloved Christian what Moses could see only the back of God you and I you can see inside of the glory of our God do you remember John chapter 1 verse 14 And the word became flesh. And he what? Making reference to Exodus? And he tabernacled among us. Full of grace and truth. And we, and we what, John? And we what, John? And we saw his glory. It is on the cross of Jesus Christ that you see his covenant love and His faithfulness, and His goodness, as you cannot see anywhere else, only in the gospel of Jesus Christ, on the cross, your sins, that deserves justice, righteousness, punishment, and go to hell, you and I. But He went to that cross for you and me, by sheer grace, so that God the Father could show love and goodness covenant love to each one of us Christians that's our shepherd that's our God that's the covenant love of God the cornerstone of our joy and the climax of joy is the only appropriate response is to praise this God is to praise this God and to live for him and to die for him no matter what Because without this Christ, without this Jesus, life is meaningless. There's no significance. It's pointless. He conquered death. He conquered sin. He conquered Satan. He conquered us. And he is living right now. He's coming back for us to enjoy him forever. What else do you want? What the reasons and motives do you want to have joy in your heart and have the iPads of praising this God? He is the cornerstone of all joy that you are looking for, children, that you are after, young lady. Even the midst of suffering, it is the, on the basis of this truth. And we can be certain that he is ours and we are his and that's the basis for our joy as John Newton and I'll end with this wrote saying our pleasure in our duty you know young people pleasure with religion that doesn't mix well no the basis for all joy that you are looking for—it's here in Christianity, in the gospel. Our pleasure and our, our duty, though opposite before, that's why we think many times opposite before. Since we have seen His beauty, the beauty of the cross, are joined to part no more. It is our highest pleasure, no less than duty's call, to love Him beyond measure and serve Him with our. Oh, Did you see that in the psalm? Serve Him. Serve? So tedious, religiosity, so tiring, so boring. Not for the psalmist when he sees the beauty of God. When he sees the beauty of the triune God. Service is the same thing of gladness. Serve Him with gladness. In such a way, after seeing the beauty of Christ, we can pray with one who prayed like this in Christ in him thou O God has given me so much that heaven can give no more in Christ thou oh God has given me so much that heaven can give no more and then say with David as he says in Psalm 23 my cup overflows because I have my God as my shepherd and he is for us Christians our Jesus Christ the joy of adoring God the climax of joy is to praise this Jesus and the cornerstone of this joy it is your shepherd who died for you and rose again it's living, it's coming back to bring us to the enjoyment of His Father. Let us pray. Oh Father, help us. I know you know my heart, you know the hearts of your own people. Maybe there's people, there are people here struggling with sadness. help us Lord give us your Holy Spirit deep inside work in us it's so easy to speak these truths amazing truths it's another thing to live it out to Lord we cannot do it by ourselves we are so weak so fragile especially in an emotional way Help us to have the rock, our rock, Jesus Christ, strong foundation, and to stand firm in Him, grounded in Him, our hope and our faith in Him. Help us. In Jesus' name, our joy that we pray. Amen. Amen.